Alrighty, hello and welcome. Episode 10, Two Dumbbells and a Microphone. I'm Joey Dussel. I'm DJ Moore. Today's topic, nutrition habits. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, pretty, pretty important, pretty intimidating for some people and uh, something that we've been wanting to cover for a while because we've already said this is a bedrock thing for people to make sure they do correctly. Your nutrition before your movement is a critical piece of any health and fitness endeavor. So we'll make sure to cover it today with some actionable advice and habits that people can put into practice right away. Yeah, this is our 10th episode. Yeah, yeah a little bit of a milestone. Kind of a big deal. And again, let's just, I'll put this out there. These first 10 are the setup or foundation for how we're trying to help people to better their health. Mm-hmm. So we, we're not saying that number 10 is less important than all the ones, but as we're going through these, if you listen to them very carefully, this is the setup, right? This is how I want to lead all of my clients into proper health. Yeah, these absolutely. first 10 are really great podcasts about how to get your stuff set up, mm-hmm. how to get going. Yeah, so. that's so true, you know, because if you're going to actually go out and do the hard work of the workouts, yeah. I think you you owe it to yourself to be backing that up with proper health, you know, sorry, with proper nutrition for your best health. Yeah. It's time to be prepared prior to doing the event. I have found out through many years of experience by not being prepared. And then, well, now that I'm you know, ex-military, should help a lot of people understand that being prepared is something that I think about quite often. Mm-hmm. Like being ready for something that may not actually happen, but having it ready. Mm-hmm. These episodes are supposedly, this is what I'm getting from them, is getting yourself prepared to do that big event. Mm. to push that throttle on that airplane, right? To get all that momentum going. And it's because you are now backed up by those kind of engines to get that thrust. I like that. Yeah, it's preemptive, really setting yourself up for success. And like you're saying, a a culture in the military, and you can see the results that they get from that. So let's bring a little piece of that to our own health and fitness and get ahead of it. And I love that that's how you lead with this because one of the biggest things that I notice with nutrition is that people will have this tendency to track and to monitor what they're doing while simultaneously being disappointed by the results. So I'll, I'll explain like yeah, you tracking should. their calories, this but they're good. continuing to gain weight. And it's kind of like, okay, why are we spending an hour per week or more looking at our food journal or, or our app and our totals w- instead of spending that hour at the start of the week to get your nutrition planned out? Wait, you mean you're saying something like we're not going to sit there and try to count every calorie as it's going down. You're saying the beginning of the week, we're going to plan out all these calories and segment them off into portions so that we can stop thinking every day. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Oh, man. So many people will have this like, you know, how many calories are in this one food that I ate? And I'm kind of thinking like, well, what if we chose the foods to calculate the calories we'll get rather than, yeah, exactly. We have it completely backwards. And I don't say this to be judgmental to anyone or to, to cast anyone down, but it's so much more beneficial to, to sit down and say, Hey, I'm going to have a meal that's going to have this, this, and this, and together that's going to be my 450 calories right here. And then you know that that's 450 calories and you can then be preemptive with your food journaling and the results that you end up eating over the course of the next, you know, the upcoming week. Man, you know, we're going to try to keep this podcast about 30 minutes, but boy, is it going to be hard because there's so many things here (laughs) and I want to talk and keep going because you get these points after points that you bring up. Just lead me down this rabbit hole, bro. (laughs) Let's just get right to the good stuff so these people don't lose interest and let's just get to it. If we want to talk about it further, we'll make another podcast. You guys can, you know, write us back and tell us what you want to hear more about if you want to hear more about it. Right. We'll dive in. So what do you got, Joey? You got a list. Uh, I love it. Yeah, thank you. So keeping us on track to keep it tight. And uh, when we go through today, we're going to focus on these 10 nutrition habits that I regularly share with clients. And so I have this as a Google document and a page on my website as well. It's right here on my iPad. So we're going to go through them one by one. And uh, the goal with this is to really give you guys that information so that then you can put this into action right away. Isn't the biggest problem with the failure rate with a lot of things is the fact that you just don't have the right information. Yeah, it can be really challenging nowadays because there is so much information. Yeah, tons and tons, and we'll get into that too. Yeah. Maybe at the end if we had a minute, because it it is a, there's no absolutes. Yeah, and so many 
companies are putting absolutes on things when it comes to nutrition, and I disagree. Yeah. With these absolutes. Saying one solution for everyone. One solution yeah. and or even these 10 habits here. Mm -hmm. Actually, there might be some or or other habits that sure. would be just as good. I think these habits, though, are substantially across the board. Good place to start. Looked at by a lot of professionals this yeah. way. And it would be hard to find someone who wouldn't agree with this structure here. Right. That's a great call out. You know, these are meant to be most effective for most people most of the time. Right. And while they go, you know, into the recommendations here, we also have that idea of, you know, what harm could someone have if they do it incorrectly? And then also what is the downside of them spending time on this habit instead of something else, like a little displacement value. Sure. We got to make sure we're not wasting our time. So I'll get straight into these. Uh, I have 10 general habits and then I also have a list of 10 that kind of puts them in an order that a person can add one per week. And by the final week, they would be performing all 10 habits, really building up progressively. So I'll read through them just once so we can make sure to get the whole thing in a nice little sound bite. But uh, to begin with 10 general habits, number one, add protein to breakfast. Number two, plan your free meals. Number three, choose your best treat. Number four, keep a food journal. Number five, eat slowly. Number six, increase your healthy fats. Seven is more protein, and we want to prioritize real food over shakes or replacement bars. Okay. Eight is less sodium. Nine is less sugar and carbohydrates overall. And finally, 10 is eat only when hungry. Oh, this could go on for an hour. <laughs> Not going to do it. It's tough to get it down Not into a top 10. Yeah. Not going to do it because they're solid. Let's just keep going. I'm just, I love nutrition talk. Yeah, I right do. On. Because <laughs> there's so many things I want to debunk and, you know, like poke at the, you know, the, the companies that would do what they do. But that's not what we're here for today. We want to give you the habits that are best for you and right. try them. Mm -hmm. Right. One a week, you said. Well, so these 10, these are the 10 that I kind of put out there and say, hey, if you're if you're not getting these 10 things kind of checked off, then there's a, a gap in sure. your Okay. In your nutrition, right? And if we think about this kind of as like a, a perimeter fence all the way around your property, mm -hmm. you'd want that fence to be equal height all the way around for it to be any good. And metaphorically, if we're really good at some of these, but then we have terrible performance in other aspects, that's like the fence suddenly very short, totally defeats the entire point, And it improves the entire system by just shoring up that one section. So until a person has all 10 of these down, they still have a little bit of performance left on the table. Yeah. And we talked in the, a couple episodes back about the hierarchy mm -hmm. and nutrition was being in the forefront, the first Right, right thing. at the top, yeah. Yeah, and these are the habits I think that we should be creating first, working on first, mm -hmm. less time worrying about how to go to the gym and do all the workouts, but really focused here on nutrition would give you yeah. the biggest benefits, the fastest results sooner. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, sorry, it'd be redundant there, but that it's right. nutrition really. It sounds hyperbolic, but it's truthful. It, it's so truthful. Yeah. And everybody's like, no, you got to go to the gym. Well, yeah, but that's not, nutrition is really at the top. Mm -hmm. It causes uh, so many problems down the way with improper nutrition that if we did do these building plans like this, you would get immediate results. We're talking right. within a week, right. gut health changes, skin color changes. Mm -hmm. Thinking changes. Right. The frequency of our meals being three per day and the, the infrequency of our workouts, maybe once per day, once, sometimes maybe. less, right? A couple times per week. Mm -hmm. And so you can end up with just a, an order of magnitude more importance on the nutrition. And that's really clearly identified by what you're laying out where skin will improve, fingernail strength, the, so the, the look of your hair. And it's it can yeah. come very quickly when you have that adequate fuel. Proper nutrition. Yeah, that's important. And I, I think that something you mentioned earlier about absolutes, you know, one of the most common absolutes that's thrown out there is that you can't outwork poor nutrition, right? You can't just simply do more physical activity than the, the calories that you're eating. Um, but you can think back to military training and the way that uh, you can work insanely hard, oh. eat terribly and still have decent body or good results and in, in, insane physical ability. Yeah. In my twenties, it was like, it was like throwing paper in a furnace mm -hmm. because the amount of work being performed at that age with that level of testosterone, mm -hmm. man, it was, yeah, paper right into a furnace. Right. Just, it just kept burning. You had to keep throwing it in. So you couldn't just eat just the healthy foods because right. you wouldn't have enough calories to burn 
yeah. you, we would drop down to such low body fat that they were like, uh, that's too low. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, there's plenty of candy bars. Right. So and, you can outwork a bad diet, but, but you need to be doing but, this like military level stuff. It's a special forces level. Yeah, not just, not just regular that's an important call out. Yeah. It's, it's such a, from the, from the morning to the evening, it's something going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to burn 10,000, you're going to eat 10,000 calories. Right. If not, if not more, I don't know. I, I, I would have said it calculated one time, probably about 8,000. It'd be interesting, yeah, to do the math on oh, that. Oh, it'd be astronomical. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually pretty interesting because you have to calculate the caloric density per unit weight of the food that you're bringing with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my younger brother had this too when he hiked the, the Pacific Crest Trail, right, from Mexico to Canada. He's calculating like, okay, these M&Ms have this many calories per gram. But these peanut butter M&Ms have more calories per gram that he's carrying all his food with him, right? And so it really gets you thinking about there's some intricacies to the way we fuel ourselves for some of those real extreme edge cases, right? The military guy, the the long-distance hiker. The athlete. The athlete, right? Those are going to be a little different than, let's say, the the desk warrior, someone who has a regular job. We have to factor that into what we decide to do in in the kitchen. Michael Phelps in his prime, that's not your diet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you, if, if you sit behind a desk for more than six hours a day, you can't have that. You can't have that plan. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And, you know, actually, Michael Phelps brings up an interesting one because if you do the calculations on his work compared to caloric intake, there's a little bit missing. And they, they think that that's actually because of the thermic effect of the cold water in the pool. Ooh. You know, and so hypothetically, right. an athlete could need even more calories if he's swimming than he or she would for the exact same duration, intensity, exercise, not in the water. Something else. Just because of the yeah. third. Isn't that interesting? So something to think about. Yeah. We don't want to get too far off track, but this yeah. is a prime example of what the difference is between the type of nutrition people will need. Yeah. It and is complex. It is highly complex. And when you're mapping out your own nutrition, these are things that you're going to have to really consider. Mm-hmm. You know, how active really are you? Mm-hmm. And um, I've known in my past that people have come to me and, and sat down. We've talked about what they've been doing in their 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 life as far as health concerned. They think they're moderate, you know, moderately active. Mm-hmm. So I say, hey, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, it usually turns out that their version of moderate is my version of sedentary. Oh, I see. Yeah. So different I think, levels. I think a, some people might be a little bit um, overzealous with thinking that their workouts or their time spent active is a lot more extreme or harder than it really is. Mm, And so there's this misconception about, okay, well, I did so much work. I did this, but moving, then it's like, not really. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that plays into how you factor in how many calories you really need. You need to work through this. And we don't normally prescribe exact diets for people. I'm not going to tell you X amount of protein, X amount of carbs. I will give you you know, a rational, uh, you know, understanding. Some explanation of how things work, right? The the mechanics of things in your body. Right. But then explain to you exactly how much effort's going to be needed in order to burn or consume the calories you will need to lose that kind of fat and weight. Yeah. And it's going to differ for every single person. The individuality is huge. And if I hear what you're saying correctly, there's a bit of a tendency to overestimate how much how much effort we're putting out, yes. right? how many calories we're burning, yes. and simultaneously underestimate what we're, what eating, we're eating, right? Portion size or frequency. Yep. And it's really easy to sort of forget some of the, the meals you've had or some of the snacks even in a day because we eat so often. It's meant to be transitory, you know, and we're not, we're not going to remember every single one. And so I think that for people to really factor that in and say, hey, I'm, I'm probably a little under on what I think I'm burning, and I'm probably a little over on what I think I'm intaking. Let's make sure to factor that in and not not be wondering why we're not losing weight. Yeah, this is, man, I, mean, I know how hard this is for people to get a hold of. Hmm. Not just the actual of, of planning their food, but the actual true execution of consuming it yeah. properly while maintaining a family, mm-hmm. a job, mm-hmm. and other factors that come into play. And we're saying... Their best bet for success is having your meals properly planned out prior to consumption. There's a lot of peas in there, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, watch the pop shield. (laughs) This is the one of the key things I think on your list was to prepare beforehand. Right. 
extremely difficult for a lot of families to do. Mm-hmm. You and me, actually not hard at all. A lot more simpler with less yeah, we, parts. Yeah, we have less to deal with. Right. But we know for those out there that this is going to require something that most people don't do. Mm-hmm. It's put in the work to do it mm-hmm. for long enough. Preparing yeah. your meals, I don't know why we have to say this again, is probably the best way to get this done. Yeah. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go hard. We're at 15 minutes in. No, go for it, dude. It should be the easiest right now. Right. We have so many food services yeah. that plan the meals for you, yep. deliver the meals for you, vegan, carnivore. Anything you need, anything any option. you need. Yeah. You can find one. You can find them already cooked. Refrigerated box of ingredients, all prepared. Or already, not, or just already in the ready. box ready yeah. for you to prepare. Right. There's all yourself. kinds of options, yeah. So There's, we live in a time where it's oh like man. food availability is better than ever. And even before the food delivery services, if just going down to your local grocery store and being able to pick all that stuff out is already like some royalty level food, Yeah. right? You, if you were a king in the 1500s, that's how you'd be able to pick beef or pork or chicken. Everything's hot and ready. And there's a whole garden all available for a salad. I mean, that's like we're all kings and queens. But for some reason, we still struggle to get to the proper nutrition. I know. Yeah, this is kind of mind blowing. That 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 pillar that I had talked about in episode 5A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 5A. Yep. Yeah, will. Yeah. The will to do is an actually an action. It's yeah. a, it's a will and you have to work at this in order to consume these foods when you need them or have yeah. them prepared or have them delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I get frustrated. <laughs> I get frustrated with telling people that yeah. there is a way. It's really not that they don't have a way mm-hmm. they're just not willing to do it right they make up a lot of excuses in their own head of why that can't be done mm-hmm. that's where i think our, our systemic problem comes from it's not that the food is yeah. not available or the portions are not available it, it, accessibility is higher than ever mm-hmm. it's the the lack of really going for it yeah do you really want it yeah yeah that's an interesting that's a really interesting thing to point out because you know, like it should be almost easier than ever for someone to achieve sure. a good a good level of health maybe even a, a a higher level of health than most humans have ever most humans who have ever been on the planet have not been able to live as healthily as we have right, right? right. access to clean water food antibiotics and vitamins I mean, everything yeah we should all be at our at our peak as a society you know and unfortunately we have this kind of paradox of choice and some of these marketing things that are getting in the way that are making it harder or seemingly harder for people to to really be effective. And so I think the take home message is that any action that you do will always beat you taking time to to decide. And so if you're feeling like there's a lot of, of overwhelming choice and you can't decide which meal service to choose to have delivered to your house, Skip that choice. Focus on this list that we share right now and say, hey, just get some more protein in the mornings. Just have that be the first thing you focus on. And from there, if you follow my list, you can go to habit number two and week two, and you can build up till 10 weeks later. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are going to probably comment. I I would love to get comments on this episode, man. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, what about this intermittent fasting? Yeah. These styles of eating, right? I call them the lifestyle of eating. Like I prescribe to this. And I put my fingers up as quotes. So anybody who's not... Air quotes. Yeah, it's like this idea of intermittent fasting. It's like, I love that it's the buzzword. It just means I eat a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And I eat a window of time. Right, you have your feeding window and yeah. then a prolonged not eating. Yeah, it's just I set up a time to eat at this time and I finish at this time. Mm-hmm. And we give it the buzzword intermittent. So this fancy little term or something, this catch little thing, you know, and it's like, no, man, I just pick a time to eat. It works for my schedule, hmm. and I feel great. I, it's, I'm not using it as a fat loss or a, a change in my body type. It's no. This eating time works really well for my life, mm-hmm. so that's why I integrated it. Hmm. And so some people, like you know, what you're saying, could say, well, I wake up in the morning, and do I have protein right in the morning? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's your window to eat. Then it's your window to eat. doesn't mean mm-hmm. you start at 5 a.m. and go finish at 10 p.m., no, but there's a window to eat. And so I focus my nutrition at a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it intermittent fasting, but that's what people are calling it. Yeah, right. So, but don't get caught up in some of these things 
like when to eat or these fancy things like paleo diets or right. keto diets. Like to that, we were saying there's no absolutes with these either. Right. There's so many trends and things come in and out of, of being Vogue. And so there's either going to be like a, a diet with certain timing or different protocols for ingredients or certain foods, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff always rotates and changes. But you know, with these recommendations, at least from this list, I would want to argue that for anybody, whether they're doing it on a specific time or they have only certain foods, changing that protein ratio in the morning is going to be a step in the right direction. And we can get bogged down in the science of, of how that works. But really the takeaway yeah. is that if, if you're getting up and normally you're having a Starbucks coffee, well, then if we move towards a Starbucks coffee and a protein shake, we're balancing out that where instead it was just carbs. Now it's carbs and protein. That's a step in the right direction. True. Now, do eventually we want to leave that Starbucks coffee off the table completely and have just the protein shake? Yeah, yeah right. That's the next step. Uh, let's clarify this coffee. Well, let me give me one more step. <laughs> go ahead. Okay? Just clarify the, the coffee for these poor people. Hang on. Last step is that when we go from that, that morning without protein to the morning with a protein shake, eventually we want to get to a morning with a protein source that's not a shake. Whole food. Right? Get in, yeah, get into some some healthy eggs, right? And And then let's even explore that and say... Are these eggs from the, the, you know, the farm, the factory farm, or are these eggs that you can buy from down your street? You know, and, and here we have even a, a better quality of that food object that you've chosen as your breakfast. So there's always this kind of sliding hierarchy of it's nutrition. True, we true, want true. you to try to trend towards the top, but start with those small steps. And if it's beginning by just adding a macronutrient like a protein, well, then eventually let's start to improve the quality of that macronutrient. Then we can start messing with the timing, the specific right. quantity of that macro, right? We can kind of burrow down on it, but first start simple, see if it makes a difference for you. If 30 days of protein in the mornings doesn't make a difference, then we don't have to worry about timing and macro quantity or quality. We can skip it and we can go to a different nutrition habit. So I like to start broad, get some action, get some That's stuff right. going. And then once we kind of see what's happening, we can decide to course correct from there. A lot of people should know we've we've spent years defining our, our eating habits and yeah. our training habits. Mm-hmm. And so this and I have not always eaten this way. Mm-hmm. This is just I've done this for the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. So this is not a you know a trend for me. I see. It just fit into the cycle for me better. And I like it. Yeah. So I'm going to use this. And uh, that's an important factor because if it works with your life, it's going to actually we've been doing fit. this. Sustainability was my third pillar. Yeah. And if I'm going to choose a, a, an eating plan, it's going to have to be sustainable for my lifestyle. I can't do it any other way. I so fail true. every time yeah. if I'm going to do this. I've seen a lot of bodybuilders, you know, they're looking super jacked and they just tell me almost the first thing out of their mouth. Oh, I'm so bored of this chicken and rice, you know, because they're eating ultra low fat, no sodium, no flavor. So they want to be like ready for their competition. No judgment, but it's like not sustainable and they fall off. And then I've seen those guys, you know, they're not as not as lean anymore because their their bounce back is maybe a little too far. We're talking about health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Health first. Health being the first part. Fitness being the second part. Run the next 10. We're about seven minutes away. I know. Well, we'll do our best here. So quick it. recap here. We've got these general habits, right? Starting with the protein in, in breakfast, right? The first meal of the day should be a little more protein heavy than most people tend to do. It's yep. pretty carby, especially in America. Breakfast yep. cereal, breakfast. Those, what were you going to say coffees the coffees? With yeah. the sugary stuff in them. Oh, my God. Not... Yeah. Not not just a regular coffee right. with a, a packet of uh, raw sugar in the raw. And Let's call it oat, caffeinated like sugar. Oat milk, right? That's what the Starbucks is. Yeah, caffeinated caffeinated sugar. sugar. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a, it's, a, it's a milkshake basically. That's what we're talking about. If yeah. you get a if you get a regular coffee with one packet right. of sugar in the raw right. and some oat milk, I'm not. That's, that's not too drink. offensive, right? That's what I drink. But even so, but. I would argue that you know black coffee or maybe coffee with a bit of oat milk and even a little sugar for sweetness add protein to that by putting a. By uh, you know, a shake next to it yeah. and have both of those in the morning and you're going to have a, a good move for your, your health and wellness. I've done that right? for years too. Yeah, right. We see people's <laughs> energy come up. We see their total calories come up and then their appetite maybe goes down a little bit from the, the snacks later in the day. And so this has a real knock-on effect and that's why it occupies position number one. It's relatively simple to add a protein shake in the morning, get that that morning protein. And then when you really like the results of having that morning protein, when you like the way it makes you feel, I want to encourage you to transition to real food sources instead of a shake, right? But if we ask for real food protein every morning, 
it's impossible for a person to make that like start happening very easily in their in their daily in life the, in the beginning yeah. yes and so it's too hard to harness the results and, and and we can never quite get that traction where we say oh i get why joey says to get protein i see how it makes yep. me feel now i'm going to make sure to take the time and energy to get those those real foods so Maybe. start simple get some result and then go from there okay and i think that that one should be our first one because i've just seen it work i've seen it work for so many people and you and i have said you know it's what we do for ourselves as well um, now, number two, planning your free meals. I think this one's got to be number two because so often we hear people say, I was doing great until I had this big cheat meal, dessert with my friends. It turned into a weekend. I fell off and now I'm on my whole workout plan is also messed up somehow, right? <laughs> kind of this baby with the bathwater. But to get ahead, once again, to be prepared, I like people to plan their free meal in advance. And get a date set up with two of your friends and know that you're going to go out on Friday night and get cheesecake at the best cheesecake place in the, in the city. And therefore, do not have any desire for ice cream on Wednesday afternoon by yourself, right? Because you've already decided, hey, I know I have a sweet tooth. I know I need to get myself satisfied. I'm going to put my sweet tooth into this social setting with my friends. I'm going to build a little anticipation by looking forward to it. And it's going to taste a hell of a lot sweeter than the than the Ben and Jerry's pint by myself. And then we don't have this negative mental loop of like, why did I do that? Why did I eat that all by, my, you know, it's not worth it. So planning your free meal, knowing it's coming up for you, helps you to stay on for the other 90% of your meals in a given week. There are alternatives to your sweet tooth, mm -hmm. okay? There are sweet snacks out there mm -hmm. that are what I would consider good for you to go ahead and have in right. replacement of that thing, that thing that you would have grabbed for. Yeah. There's other alternatives. And I'll say this, the easiest alternative to something sweet is grabbing some fruit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it, if it's in the fridge, it's cold or whatever, great. Like yeah. grapes are it can be real awesome, satiated. right? You yeah. go in there and just pop a few grapes, that sweetness. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, that's it. And that's really all it takes to sort of trick the mind mm -hmm. into thinking, oh, I just got something. I cheated or I got this little, like, I hear ooh, you. right? I and hear you. we can go ahead and say there's alternatives to this, too. I like the plan. Yeah. Um, I have a, a, a day, a night. We go out and just eat whatever we want. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's planned in every Friday. Right. Normally. So a little bit. Yeah. So that's a good point, actually. Uh, to, to be clear, you know, a free meal, I think, is an important, a clear term, uh, a little distinct from cheat meal, which has a yeah. bit of a negative connotation. And free should just be a little bit of a relaxation from our focus on food. So maybe portions are larger, food selections are a sure. little differently. But this is absolutely not an opportunity to celebrate food debauchery. So we don't do these double deep fried hamburgers in between donuts in a snow cone, right? Like just <laughs> Let's no go. Way, okay. Now, where's that at, by the way? <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's like we're trying to go against ourselves. Whoa. So, so if we have a free meal, that's different than a cheat meal. Yep. You know, cheat meal turns into a cheat weekend, uh, particularly if it's with your friends and stuff. And so I like to really think about in our in our vein of you know being prepared. Plan it out ahead of time and yeah. then make sure that this is going to be something that will support your weight loss efforts for the you know, 52 or maybe 100 weeks of weight loss that you're going to be going down. And for some people, that can sound like a long time. And those people I'm imagining in my head, DJ, if they are sitting there, you know, 80, 100 pounds overweight, no judgment, they hear you say, eat some grapes, they're going to be like, this guy's insane. I... I got a strong desire for those foods that I love. Grapes are not yes, going to satiate I, I know. me. And so I hear them. I hear them. I say, I'll meet you halfway. I'm not going to tell you not to have the sweets, but I'm going to give you this strategy to make the sweets having the least offensive as possible. And that way, oh, hey, hit that camera for oh, me yeah. if you don't mind. That way, hopefully, we can go and we can get into this rhythm where we can build weekly and go from weeks two to three, four, where you're having this good routine that does support itself for the duration of what you need to do for your weight loss. So it's a little bit of everything, right? And I do want people to know kind of where these recommendations will hit the hardest. All right, you're back. All right. Thank you. Now, number three, this goes right there with the planning of your free meal. I like people to prioritize their favorite treat, their favorite thing that is 
like off plan and then really condense their off plan meals to that one, the highest quality of their favorite item. And so I use the example of cheesecake. If you love cheesecake, I'm going to say, okay, let's keep the cheesecake in our diet. Let's make sure we don't have it too often. We can have it be our free meal. And let's make sure that it's the highest quality cheesecake that we can possibly find. So it'll be the most satisfying for you when you have it. Yeah. And this is kind of like, you know, if you had your music library on your phone and you took out all the one-star songs and all the two-star songs and maybe all the three-star songs, and you're left with a library of just four and five-star songs, every time you put that thing on shuffle, you're going to be hearing jams that you just love. And I hope to get that same feeling with the treat meals that we have, right? Don't have like a, a marginal Subway chocolate chip cookie when you're there for your healthy sandwich, right? Skip that and instead have the cheesecake that you love on Thursday with your friends. So we're kind of wrapping these habits together. And then that way we're supporting ourselves for the, the duration of this weight loss. Yeah, we use words like reward. Mm-hmm. Then it can truly feel like that. Yeah. If you go ahead and buy that quality item just infrequently. Yeah. And skip that cheap crap in between. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Then you can have that one super decadent piece of cheesecake. And a great example is chocolate, right? Dark chocolate. If you get like some amazing stuff, super expensive, you're going to be having a tiny little sliver. You're going to eat it slowly, savor the taste. It's a completely different experience than something that we're kind of eating mechanically, right? And that can be what we do with a lot of foods. We sort of move the, the popcorn to our mouth as long as the movie goes on and as big as the popcorn bucket is. Even get a refill. They've done studies that give, here's a large popcorn, here's a medium. And then they give them to the people as they go into the, the uh, movie. The next, uh, the next movie showing, they say, here's the medium. It was originally called the large. Here's the new medium. It's a smaller one. And they give that popcorn to the people. And when everyone's leaving the theater, they say, hey, how do you rate the popcorn? Were you satisfied with how much you had? You know, how was the taste? The exact same results. So when the movie theater gives you an extra large or gives you a large or gives you a medium, you're going to eat whatever they've given you and you're going to feel equally satiated by it. And that's that kind of trick of the, the mechanical nature of eating where you know, they've kind of tricked us into that upsell and we've kind of fallen for it and it's become the expectation. But I want to try to get in front of that and say, hey, I know I have a goal for weight loss. I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to order a medium popcorn. And then when that's gone, I understand I'm going to be just as satiated as if it was a large, but it's going to be less calories. And that's the kind of thing that we can really make, you know, make it work with our this life. This is clearly another maybe way of thinking for people. Like to think like that, like how much will it take me to actually be satiated? Mm-hmm. Would one spoonful of ice cream actually do it for someone? Mm, probably not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> but not. Maybe you know, it probably would. not. Yeah. So, like you said, you can be satiated with a much smaller portion of something, mm-hmm. but it's going to take works work on your part to yeah. figure that out, like to know when to put it in there. And you're, again, we're going back to this whole planning. Yeah, thing. getting ahead is the plan. Theme. Yeah, plan. Yep. You can say to yourself, "Hey, I know what I'm going to be doing on Thursday when I get that cheesecake. It's going to be 1,000 calories, just a made up number." But then. You're not saying, oh man, how many calories was in the ice cream that I just ate? Or how many, hey, how many calories in that donut that so-and-so brought to the office today? Oh, I don't care. I didn't have a donut because donut's not my number one treat. And it's not on on my plan. So it's a one star. Yeah, exactly. One star, easy to skip. And I always tell people that if it's easy to come into your mind, like if if donuts were not on your mind before you walked into the break room, then they will as quickly leave your mind once... Once you they leave. leave your yeah, yeah exactly so if it wasn't already a craving then then you're gonna not be thinking of it anymore and if it was if you had a craving for donuts and then Susie brings them in maybe that's the universe saying like go for it you know satiate it and now you can adjust for the next time yeah now you only get half a piece of that cheesecake yeah don't be battling yourself yeah. all right habit four keeping a food journal there's no way to really progress until we are managing and tracking what's happening and. To be real, as soon as we start knowing we're going to write it down and that our coach is going to be looking at it, improvement happens right away. Yeah, and so I know we're going to ding them. Yeah, exactly. And like, ah. I, give this, I give people this disclaimer. I say, hey, even if your food log is filled with Doritos and Cheetos and brownies, I'm happy that you are logging that, yeah. right? Because it shows that you're saying, hey, this is worth paying attention to, and I know that I need to start yeah. making a change. So 
There is no such thing as a bad food journal. There's no such thing as bad foods. We just have to recognize, are we eating what we claim to be eating? And then are we actually accurate about our portions? Because that's the big thing with food journal. A lot of people write down four ounces of whatever. It's actually six ounces. Yeah. A 50% margin of, in, of error on their calories. There it goes. The yeah. 200 calories you missed. So we have to take a food journal and I recommend this for, you know, beginners, even for, you know, elite athletes and an upper level performers. Eventually we're going to want to do this at least for one week, preferably a week and a weekend. So we have those kind of two different ways that we eat and then we have to be accurate with it. So don't judge yourself on the recording, take picture or write down the weights of your food and just get it all onto that food journal. So you can then take action and make adjustment. Good advice, man. I'm cool. gonna just keep it going because like we can keep going all day with this. I know, yeah. We don't want to keep them too long, but we'll keep them. We'll make sure we're complete here. So, number five, eating slowly. Um, this one is kind of self-explanatory. We do so much fast food, right? Not just the fast food drive-through, but when we're actually engaging with our food, it tends to yeah, be pretty it's quick, fast. right? Yeah, just quick in the mouth and quickly chewed and and quickly down into your stomach, and usually it's while we're doing something else, right? You're watching a video, you're talking to somebody, or you're in a, a meal with family. And so there can always be a little bit of a splintering of your, of your senses, right? You're not paying attention to just the food. And so I recommend for people, if you have a weight loss goal, at some point you need to have this addressed, eating a little more slowly, maybe with smaller utensils, so you have to take smaller bites, and giving yourself, you know, really this is just biology, you have to give some time for that food to hit your stomach, for the sensory cells in your stomach to sense that they've expanded and that there's volume in there now and to then send that signal to your brain and say, hey, we've we've gotten what we need, satisfy that appetite you're good signal. To go. Yeah. yeah. And if you're having liquid calories, if you're having high density foods, that is gonna happen more slowly. It's gonna be a lagging indicator. And so you have to make sure that you know that and say, hey, I'm gonna eat slowly. Now we're looking at this best dessert with our friends small spoonfuls, highly savored, and drawn out for a longer duration so that you're letting that appetite signal and catch up. These are really tough ones. Okay, good. Well, they're, 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 these things ha are going to be worked on. These yeah. are like doing reps in the gym. These are going to be things you can work on. But again, I think this really point, I'm going to point it home again, that the, by doing the, by getting your nutrition in line first mm -hmm. you're going to see the most reward for it. crucial it yeah. is some of the hardest stuff to get a hold of but when it's done it gives you that immediate advantage mm -hmm. to go right into the workout you know, right the, yeah the physical nature it gives you it gives your workouts more results because yeah. you can put more in you get better more from energy it. better yeah. weight loss better sleep better Some everything big time all the time effect. yeah if you don't believe this stuff there's other people who talk about this kind of stuff too yeah that will Back us up. Yeah, right. I mean, don't don't take our word for it. If you don't believe us, own. find somebody else. They'll they'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. We get six, five. I'll hit you with the next one oh, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number six is eat, increasing your healthy fats. So for everybody that I've ever coached, we've worked up to the point where we need to increase the intake of healthy fat. And the healthy is an important distinction because we don't want to get into saturated fats. We definitely don't want trans fats. No trans. But if we can increase our healthy fats. We automatically see that people are having calories from that source and therefore a little displacement value, displacement value away from the calories that are in other foods. Like, okay, I've had a little more avocado. I feel full. I'm not going to have as many of these carbohydrate-laden foods. And this can help to continue that weight loss. Now, on top of that, fat is a crucial ingredient in your body. Every single cell made up of healthy fats, right? Those, those molecules. And so we need to have those Some available, fats. right? If you're not eating those, your body is going to be using them from the available stores in your body. And eventually that can become basically like a limited resource. It becomes something that your body needs more of. And so by increasing healthy fats, which is something that people have heard a lot about, you know, the horrors of fat, and it's kind of an unfortunate word, right? Dietary fat on your plate is not the same as adipose tissue body fat on your frame. Not all fats are created equal. Yeah. And so if we're increasing our healthy fats, if we have olive oil and avocados, that's not going to make you fat. Well, they're calorically dense and we do have to be yeah. judicious in our intake. But if we have those healthy fats, we get those micronutrients, we get those important building blocks, and we get to build in a little buffer 
away from the, the appetite. So increasing healthy fats is a crucial piece uh, that I give to a lot of people as a recommendation. All right, number seven, Cooking. more protein. More protein. Yeah, and so we've talked about it a lot, and one thing we haven't touched on exactly is the source. So we said, hey, shakes first because it's accessible and it gets us the results a little more quickly. But then we want to go on that nutrition continuum and go towards real foods and then ultimately the most healthy version of those real foods. Right. We can all identify yeah. that the hamburger patty you get at McDonald's is not the same kind of cow as a cow that is living right down the street from you and has a, a first name. Right. And that can be maybe a little bit hard for some people to understand, but the quality of the life of that animal and the way that it lives directly influences the quality of the, the food that you're eating. And how it's prepared too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even the way it's butchered, those last few minutes of its life can have an effect. Yeah. So we have to understand that. And I say it here for the protein, but it is a, a lesson for all of your foods that you eat, right? So even for your vegetables, yeah, if we can get into higher quality versions of those, that's going to be a good move for us. Real foods, better off than athletic greens, right? Instead of a green supplement powder, let's get a green garden. Uh, yeah, but you can do both here, mm -hmm. but we're not saying that because that's extra work for people, but right. we're saying right now, hey... Extra greens, yeah. if you can get them. Get started with a greens powder and yeah. move to yeah. salads, right? And you know what? A lot of people keep these kind of things on the side for those in-the-moment pinches. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I need this. And so keeping those around yeah. can be okay, right. too. Stop gap. Yeah, it's that little like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get to this today. Again, there's that planning. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have these in my bag ready for me to go. Yeah. If at this circumstance. Right, yeah. And, and that's kind of like what we do. You got to have that as um like the trapeze artist has a net underneath. So if he misses his original plan, he's not going to hit the ground. Yeah. He's still going to have that, yeah. that second chance. Yeah. And so those foods can be there. And just as one final note on the protein, remember that when we say protein, it's not just meat. You can get your protein from a variety of sources. You just have to be a little bit more thorough if you're going to be getting those various proteins Where? from different foods. Okay. So keep that in mind. It's not just for the carnivores, uh, but we want it for everybody. Now, number eight and nine kind of go together because they're all about less. So less sodium for number eight and then less sugar and carbohydrates for number nine. Sodium is an easy win. Uh, it's in a lot of processed foods. So for most people, when we move towards kind of these more complete and garden foods, we see a natural right. decrease in sodium. It's critical because of the health of your heart, and your blood vessels, and the, the overall balance of salt in your body your hydration. I mean, it's like a, got a million effects. Yeah. So sodium has a really disproportionate effect and it's going to be something that we, regardless of however good someone's diet is, it's going to become a bit better when we optimize that sodium. True. Right. And we, we should clarify that it's processed foods mm -hmm. that are really the culprits Those are the here. most offensive. They have, they have to put this stuff in there to make them taste the way they do, yeah. but to keep them fresh enough for us to consume them. Yeah. So they have to exaggerate the amounts that go in there mm -hmm. in order for us to consume them. And it'll be on the shelf. Right. Yeah, so that's a good it's point. always this processed food. Now, I'm not going to say all processed food is bad. It's just something to take a look at. If, right. that, if you open your cabinets and your refrigerator and all of it is processed, mm -hmm. we might have an issue. Yeah, and you'll know from your food journal what your sodium totals it's, it's are. It's there. Yeah, you'll right? catch it. It yeah. should be easy to calculate. And same for sugar uh, and carbohydrates. So these are a little bit more maybe for the American audience because our foods are pretty carbohydrate heavy. Yep. You know, you walk into any kind of quick, uh, quick and go at the gas station, and it's like everything in there except for maybe some trail mix and jerky. Everything else is carbs. And liquid carb, sugar, yeah, sugar caffeinated carb, carbs. alcohol carb. I mean, it's crazy. But if we can balance that out a little bit by going lower carb overall, and then really ideally restricting your carbohydrates to those fruits and vegetables. Yeah. That's where the majority of our carbs should come from because those carbs carry vitamins and minerals as well. Carbs from Cheetos and Doritos, there's nothing in there except the carb. And so that's, that's where it's kind of like a, a styrofoam. It's just the calories. It'll satiate that appetite temporarily because it still, in, still influences the size of your stomach. But then your brain and your body does this calculation of still needing those micronutrients. It says, hey, I know you put some stuff into your, into your mouth 
but it didn't have the vitamin A or K or whatever we needed. So let's re-up that appetite so that you'll go search out some foods that will then have those things. Yeah. And we kind of get trapped in this loop of like, I feel hungry, I eat something, but I'm not satisfied. It's because your body is still wanting. It needs those minerals. It needs those healthy fats. And the way it communicates need to you, it's kind of like a baby crying, right? All it can say is, is wah, wah, wah. It doesn't use any words. Your appetite just says, hey, I need something. Don't know if it's a diaper change or if it's, you know, that it's hungry, but we want to make sure that we pay attention to that and say, hey, why is this coming up so much in the first place? And then maybe we get ahead of it and we no longer have to battle that appetite because we've brought our snacks, we've timed our meals, we've done these things that kind of get ahead of the problem and sidestep it. It's true. Cool. You can fact check us anytime you want. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. (laughs) If you want. I think anything that someone can say is just going to add to this, uh, to this overall topic, you know, and nothing to go against. And the last one here is number 10, eating only when hungry. Um, this is kind of maybe the toughest one because uh, it's be going to require you to pay the most internal attention to yourself. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, 21st century society, we have a very nuanced relationship with food. And most of the time, it's a holiday or a special event. And there is this kind of expectation that you're going to have a slice of cake. If you are on a weight loss journey and you show up to that birthday party and you are not hungry, then just don't have a slice of cake. And yeah, it can be maybe worrisome that so-and-so is going to be offended or whatever, but those can all be you know personal situations that maybe you can communicate with those people. The bottom line is understand that the, the thing that we need to pay attention to is whether we need that fuel or not. If you're not hungry, don't eat. And this goes all the way to the point where you have a bulletproof, you know, perfect diet timing, your everything's regimented. Well, even if you have a plan for exactly how many calories you needed that day, if you come up to that dinner and you're not hungry, I'm going to advise you to reduce your intake. Even if I gave you that advice for how many calories or the, the calculations show that that's what you need, if your appetite's not there, then we're going to pay most attention to that. So oh, habit absolutes. number 10, right? We're going to say, hey, eat only when you're, when you're hungry. There's no absolute recommendation for timing, portion, combination, whatever, because most important is paying attention to ourselves. Yeah, and paying attention is a really key thing here. Mm-hmm. Pay closer attention mm-hmm. to this. The yeah. closer the attention that you pay to a, a, an issue, the sooner that issue can be resolved. Mm-hmm. But the moment you don't pay attention to it, it still can either A, stay the same and or grow. Right. This is why we have this sort of problem. I'm not being mean, but you're just not paying attention enough to it. Right. You're not giving it what it really needs to be a success. And that is your effort mm-hmm. and your will and your desire to complete. Mm-hmm. These are hard things for people to add into this idea of the top 10. Yeah. Right. I need to do these top 10, but you still must possess the willingness to do all of these things because these are tough. We say cut this out, put this in, do this. We all know it is much harder than that. Yeah, it's easy to talk about. We don't want you to assume that we're just throwing it out here and saying it's easy. It's not easy. We know it's not because we see it around us every single day. The shape of people, Mm -hmm. literally the shape of people, the skin tone. The look in their eyes, the slump of their shoulder. The challenge they have putting their suitcase on the top shelf of the plane. It's all indicative of what they're not paying attention to. And their Mm -hmm. body is screaming like a baby. Please stop feeding me this. Like, please stop doing this. It's telling them. And we're just not paying attention to it enough to get that change. Now, I will say, though, one one caveat on that, because I bet there's people that are listening. They're going to say, hey, screw you, DJ. I am paying attention. I probably spend not working exactly. And so I would say, I hear you. And the problem at that point is paying attention to the wrong thing. And we led with this at the start of the podcast. We said preemptive work is more important than reactive. So if you find yourself sitting down on Sunday and looking over your food journal and feeling bad about what you ate for the last week, if you spend three hours going over that, I want you to spend one hour looking at it and then two hours at the grocery store getting next week's meals to be preloaded towards a better looking food journal towards the end. Right. And that's what I'm saying. We spend hours looking at what our, what our device said about our sleep overnight, but we don't spend any time 
changing what we do in those minutes before bed so that the sleep results will show better data. You know, like how come we're looking at what we ate in the course of a day for 20 minutes? We might review that instead of thinking 20 minutes, what am I going to have tomorrow? What should I be doing? Yeah. yeah. Because if you put that 20 minutes preemptive, then by the third day, you know what you had because you planned it out on the, on the night of the second. And so you still end up in the same managed, attentive state, but it's the preactive, preemptive attention rather than the reactive attention. And I think that reactive trap is what gets people burnt out because they end up saying, look, I did all this planning. I looked at this. I did this. I logged. It didn't work. I'm out of here. And I would say, hey, I, I totally get that. I would probably want to drop out as well. So let's use that energy that they're putting in and that attention that they're paying. Let's put it at the start and make sure we're putting ourselves into a good situation. Let's do it. Yeah. I thought we weren't going to go for an hour. I know. It's a long one. We'll, hit, we'll do this and we'll, we'll close it out at the end. Sorry, everybody, say, but I don't. <laughs> we, we discussed this stuff to be sooner and it just it just goes. You know what? Yeah, I was thinking about it too, man. Like um, we said in episode zero, we thought about doing a podcast for like two and a half or three years. I think that that's kind of catching up as to why the episode length has grown. So we're coming in at, you know, 51 minutes right now. Actually, actually, 51 minutes is not very long for me to tell you a decade's worth of nutrition. I know we've said that too. So hopefully if somebody's listened this far, if they've skipped ahead to this point, Go back, listen to this stuff, put it on 2X if you need to, get some more time on the cardio machine while you're going through this and letting us chirp at you. Because this kind of advice, while maybe it's stuff you've heard before, I hope that hearing it again helps you to really drive home the point of its importance and helps you to take action and make it happen. Take action. Wow. I love it, man. That's so that's it. it. Nutrition Habits for today, episode 10. Um, as always, thank you for listening this far. If you are on podcast platform of your choice, please take a moment to like, comment, subscribe, share, put an emoji down there for us so that we know you're listening. And then if you can go out and and push this off to one other person and let them know what we're doing so that we can just continue to grow the audience and have more people benefit from this. Yeah. I really enjoyed this stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks for letting us do it.